if, like me, you're a Christian parent, you want the best for your kids, and you pray for them. You pray for them a lot, but the schedule gets crowded, and there are days when I go home and I think, I haven't really prayed much today for my children. Um, Is it possible to really make prayer a priority? Well, I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting department, and uh, we're going to listen now to a clip from Jody Burnt. She has spent years encouraging parents to pray for their kids, and she and Jim Daly discussed some helpful ideas for making prayer a regular part of your life. Jody, I want to zero in on some practical help for um, parents right at you know the next half of the uh, program here. You've provided uh, four really uh, practical tools. One, give your children the why. Two, build a prayer bank. Three, introduce your children to real-life Bible people. And four, Uh, make prayer fun. You're kind of touching on that with that last comment. But speak to those four truths about teaching your kids how to embrace prayer. Yeah, and that's some of the new material in the book, and that addressed the question of when parents were saying, how do I teach my kids? How do I take, as we were saying, that mystery out of it? And I think we touched a little bit on the fun part um, in, in the other episode, as we talked about like the happy hope game around the dinner table. We would also do things like before the first day of school, we'd have a back-to-school ice cream Sunday party and just invite other uh, parents and kids from the neighborhood and say, we're going to pray for the school year. And we'd say, okay, you know, the Smiths, you're going to pray for the school bus safety. You know, the Joneses, you're going to pray for athletics. Uh, You know, the Robertsons, you pray for kids' relationships with their teachers, whatever it is. And then the families would come together. And I mean, the prayer time didn't take more than 10 minutes, you know, as each person prayed for their assigned little topic. The ice cream Sunday time took the bulk of the year. <laughs> right. But it was great because it made it fun for the kids because kids will do what other kids are doing. Right. You know, if you say to your own kids, we're going to pray about the school year, you might get a good answer, yeah, right. you might not. But if you say, hey, guess what? The Kaplans are coming over and we're all going to make Sundays and pray. That makes it a lot more doable. So make it fun. Introduce your kids to Bible people. That's another one that... Like, I remember Hillary, and I tell the story in the book, um, her 10th birthday, she, it was her first slumber party, and she had all these girls sleeping over, and I, you know, we'd run out of things we were doing, and I thought, what should be next? And I thought, okay, let's tell a, a story. And, and the biblical story of Esther popped in my mind, and I thought for a bunch of preteen girls, Esther being, you know, plucked out of obscurity sure. and having all the makeup treatments she had, the ointments and the lotions. You know, and archaeologists have actually found these old makeup tubs, so we know it's not just a Bible fairy tale yeah, or anything. It, it really happened. It's a little frightening. Tub. Okay, maybe it's a little container. <laughs> but anyway, Esther didn't need much of it, I'm sure. But, um, but so I told them the story of it, and it was clear as I was telling it that a lot of these young girls didn't know. They didn't know about the plot thickens and Haman and Mordecai and Esther being an orphan, and they didn't know about the Jews getting ready to be annihilated, and then how at the very end it changes. And they were captivated. And when it got to the end, I thought, the power in this story for them is not just God's faithfulness, but it's also knowing that Esther's this young girl, not a lot older than they are, Mm -hmm. and God used her to save his people. And so I think the more we can introduce our kids to real-life biblical people, you know, David, who's a shepherd, right, a nobody, he becomes king. Moses, and if you read in the um, Exodus stories, and Moses is like, I can't do it. You know, I have faltering lips. I don't know how to speak. And God's like, but you're going to go to Pharaoh. So, hey, you have a child who feels like they can't be a public speaker. You're like, look what God did to Moses. All these people are just such regular, ordinary folks. And I love the idea that we can give them, hmm. our kids, that that legacy and that vision. And let's see, you mentioned two the others. Prayer bank. Said, the I, prayer I really bank. like this okay. idea. Well, you know, I used to... I started out writing um, financial planning books for a guy named Ron Blue. Who was it's a good like, thing you moved to this. Well, I, Robbie would agree. Robbie was like, <laughs> this is a much better topic. How the to finances, pray. honey. <laughs> I know. So, um, 
But, you know, one of the things I learned from from Ron Blue and that we did with our own kids was teach them the value of saving and spending. We had these little jars where it was save, spend, give. And I thought, you know, prayer is the same way. And as we learn scripture, that's saving it. We're putting that in our memory bank. And I would actually encourage parents to, to get little prayer banks, whether it's a little treasure chest you decorate. If you're crafty, maybe you learn a a Bible verse and you write it in there, or maybe it's just a mason jar where you slip the verse in that we talked about the, the other one, Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily. Easy to learn. You learn that one, stick it in there, and you look for a time to encourage. And once we've built that capital in that memory bank, in that prayer bank, we have it to spend. So just like a financial need that comes up, we've got an emotional or a physical or a mental need, some a friendship need, a relationship need, we can pray. Lord, help me encourage that person daily because we've got that verse tucked in there. So it's just, it works like a, like a money great. bank. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, d- did you ever keep a journal of the prayers made and the prayers answered? Well, I'm a writer, so yeah, I definitely <laughs> keep journals. I, I am a journaler and I do that. But I always hesitate to say that because I think there are people out there who beat themselves up because they're not journalers, you know, and right. they think, oh, all the big Christians seem to be journalers. I love journaling. My husband um, loves the Lord with everything in him, but he doesn't. He's not a journaler. He's able to pray and remember just because God's given him that kind of brain. But I would say, um, you know, the Living Bible, I think, translates Philippians 4, 6, and it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And the don't forget to thank him for his answers Mm. is the part we skip sometimes. I think we can pray and pray and pray, but whether you're keeping a prayer journal or whether you're keeping a little list of his faithfulness, that's what equips us to go back and say thank you. Danny, there's so much to Jody's approach to prayer. It's so practical. And she mentioned four tools. Which ones resonated with you or do you think are effective? Yeah, the why behind prayer is a big one. Uh, that I've talked to with my kids. Why do we even pray? Hmm. Well, it's, it, it can't just be a task. It's a conversation. And one of the other tools she talks about is making prayer fun and enjoyable. And how do we We don't usually think of that, do we? No, we don't. No, we, we think of it as, oh, hey, guys, we need to pray before we eat or before you go to bed, you should pray. And this is a could. I could pray. I could have a conversation uh, with my Heavenly Father. It's an invitation. Do mm-hmm. I show it as an invitation rather than a task to my kids? This is, I love the Lord's Prayer. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it's really about inviting our soul into the reality that God's kingdom is here and that his will needs to be done and, and cooperating with that. What is it that we're invited into? It's a conversation with our Heavenly Father where we can find peace in our minds. And do we model that with our kids? Mm. Do we see it and show it as a task? Oh, guys, we have to pray before we eat. Otherwise, something bad's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's, hey, we get to thank God for our food. Let's, let's do that together. That's what I was actually thinking about as you were speaking earlier here a moment ago. I thought, I, I see mealtime as an invitation. It's a, it's a reminder that before I go any further, I'm going to make prayer a part of my conversation. I'm going to thank the Lord for the day, commit something to him that's coming up. Um, so I, I look at mealtimes, and I, I eat frequently. <laughs> not, just, not just three meals a day. So I, I try to let those little things be uh, prompts for me, if you will. So I really like what you're saying there. How do your kids respond? I mean, did they ever, at, did they ever ask, Dad, I don't get it, I can't even see God? Yeah, yeah. We, we've had plenty of those conversations where... Uh, I, I did ask the question, do you guys know the why? I mean, why we pray? Mm-hmm. And 
my daughter once said, "No, I don't. I don't, I don't get it. I don't. We, I don't see God. It's hard to. It's hard to believe in this." What a great opportunity to have a conversation about our faith, and uh, it led to to deeper conversations on what it means to pray and have that faith and have a heavenly father and someone beyond this realm. And what does that mean? And what does scripture say about that when we're having that conversation? Is he listening right then and there? Is he writing all the prayers down? And, you know, as little kids, you're, you're seeing this, this God that's taking all these conversations all at once. It's hard to understand. Uh, yet God is somebody that we will get once we're in heaven. Hmm. And right now we, we get to know him bit by bit. Mm, that's really good. I appreciate that. And I hope you've been encouraged by what Jody shared and by what Danny just said to really lean into prayer and seek God out, especially on behalf of your kids. So we've got the entire two-part conversation with Jody. It's available on our website as a free download, and uh, you can hear what was uh, shared today and further ideas on praying for your kids. And the link is in the show notes. And let me just ask if Focus has helped you as a mom or a dad, if we've encouraged you or inspired you along the way, please, uh, would you consider supporting us financially? Your contributions really help us to reach more people with content and to offer resources to those who call. Uh, Make a gift of any amount, either monthly or a one-time donation, and we'll send a copy of Jody's book to you as our way of saying thanks for joining the support team. Uh, The book, again, is called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, and the link uh, describing the book and uh, uh, indicating how to donate and get it is in the show notes. More from Jody Burnt next time, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Your marriage resources, your adventures and odyssey stories, Focus was a constant influence. There are thousands of stories just like that from Focus on the Family's legacy community. Folks who leave a legacy gift through their will, trust, or other estate planning tool. You helped us have the gift of a godly family. Use your resources to help families thrive for generations to come. Find out more at FocusLegacyCommunity.com. That's FocusLegacyCommunity.com.